Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Your life is about to change. Listen to me. There are few things that I have as much authority to talk on like what we're about to talk about. Very few. As much. Anything supernatural advantage, we're at home. Hallelujah. So can we talk today? My, you know, I remembered preparing for this sermon. Just one year into a serious walk with God, and I'm in a prayer meeting, and someone prophesies and says that God will use me around the world and all of that. So I, on my way back to the hostel, it happened on campus, I'm crying, and I'm like, God, me? How? 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 You use me. Can you really use me? No one ever considered me special for anything. Anything leadership. The next day, we went for the same prayer meeting. It was supposed to last for days. The person prophesied again. He said, I see you in a vision asking, Lord, how? <laughs> Lord, I see you in a vision asking, Lord, how? He continued, Lord, how? Will you use me? The Lord said, I will surely use you. He says, and my hand will be evident upon your life. Let me tell you something. It is very hard for people to imagine where others are coming from. You just see people doing some things and you think, oh, from their mother's womb, they were like that. You must be able to see what the zeal of the Lord has produced. Now, just imagine you. Just imagine you. After this kind of meeting, what would your life look like in the next 10 years? In the next 15 years? By the zeal of the Lord, everything that God has determined to be done in your life, you will see it. You will touch it. You will step into it. You will experience it. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. So just congratulate someone by your side. Say, welcome to the time of your life. You're about to be blessed. You will never be the same again. This is the least we'll ever see you. A metamorphosis is about to take place. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may please be seated. Hallelujah. And we have curated, you know, the teaching of this season. To enforce a turnaround in your life, your life must change. If your life doesn't change, now you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, it's very noteworthy that David worshipped with strings. And his first battle was also with a string. The sling, right? And you, as hypothetical as that might seem, there is indeed a correlation between worship and warfare. 
as you're about to find out this month. All right, let's get into the teaching. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you because your word is lamp unto our feet, light to our path. We receive illumination to walk in the realities afforded us by the blood and the re resurrection of your son in the mighty name of Jesus. Say loud, amen. amen. So we're continuing our series on lights, essentially hearing the voice of God. And today we want to start by asking yourself a question. What do I do when I receive a vision that is humanly impossible? Maybe not everybody understands what I'm talking about. <laughs> what do I do? Because for some people, the problem is not hearing God. It's a self-sabotage. God has spoken. They just don't see themselves, you know, the way God sees them. You know, so an angel shows up in your room and hails you and says, Hail! Mary, highly favored of God. And this salutation causes your heart to quiver. Did you miss the address? Me? Is it me you're hailing like that? I never really saw myself as anything much. The people around me never really saw me as anything much. And many times there is just a lack of correlation between how we see ourselves and God's original destiny for our lives. And this sabotages divine direction all the time. So what do you do <laughs> when you receive a vision that is humanly impossible? Possible when you consider your background, when you consider your capital, when you consider you know where you're from, who you know, humanly impossible. What do you do when you have a vision that keeps you up at night, causes you to rise up early, a vision that brings you to the end of yourself? What do you do? know if there's anybody who understands what I'm saying. God has told you something and you know, except by the zeal of the Lord, this thing can happen. Except by, when an angel shows up to Mary who has not known a man and says you will have a child, you know, your response can only be, be it unto me according to what? Come on, do you know the text or not? According to what? Your word. What do you do? When God gives you a vision that makes you laugh, not because he cracked the joke, but because you don't, you don't, you, you, how do you show up in the house of a woman that was far beyond menopause, decades beyond menopause, and you say, according to the time of life, you will have a child. If you have a small vision, <laughs> Maybe this sermon is for your future. You don't understand it yet. You will understand it. It's still important to you. But yeah, you're going to get it later. But if you know what I'm talking about, maybe that's where you are right now. And this is timely for you. Well, that's what we're here to talk about. When God says something and you laugh. Think about that. God says, this will happen. And then you laugh. And every one of us has a proverbial womb. If you're seeking for the fruit of the womb, you know, biologically, 
Well, that, this is included in, in it. Say loud amen, somebody. Amen. And we're going to have many healing miracles. Say loud amen. amen. But this also cover, you know, covers proverbially every aspect of your life where there has been, you know, just this drag. And the Lord is asking, you to, asking me to tell you where you have been struggling before there will be ease. Say amen like you believe it. That right now you are struggling to feed, but very soon you'll be feeding people. And right now you're searching for a job, but very soon you'll be employing others. And right now you are in obscurity, but very soon nations will be calling for your ministry. What do you do? When the word of God comes, the same word that is supposed to inspire faith and enthusiasm makes you afraid, makes you laugh. All of this can be traced to something. Because I'm telling you, it's not normal for God to speak. Listen, the word of the Lord is like hammer. When the Lord speaks to you, it, 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 it shoots faith into your spirit. So if instead of faith, what you have is fear, something is wrong. And I want to show you where it all started for people to hear the voice of God and be afraid. It all started in the Garden of Eden. Listen, I thought about vital signs, you know, years ago. And the fact that when you go to a hospital, you may look normal and not be normal. No matter what you say, you're feeling the doctor will still do due diligence to check your pulse, check your temperature. Because you see, those vital signs will likely inform the doctor better than any other observation that you have. Come on, do you understand what I'm saying? And the same thing applies spiritually. How that a man can look normal and not be normal. God said, the day you eat of this tree, you shall die. When he ate of it, he was still walking around. He was still doing normal things, but he was dead. Such is the realm of the spirit. And there are three symptoms of the fall. Because you see, from the natural standpoint, it looked like Adam was doing okay. Nothing had happened. But there were three things we observed. Number one was fear. <laughs> number two was self-consciousness. And number three was blame. Number one, fear. Number two, self-consciousness. Number three, blame. What did I say number one is? What did I say number two is? What did I say number three is? Now, listen, for the first time ever, Adam heard the voice of God and hid himself. That's where he started. And he literally said, I heard your voice and was afraid. This was the first time it happened. Because you see, the natural man in his original proclivity knows how to respond to God. When the word of God comes, I mean, it's, 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 it's a consistent nature with your human spirit. No matter what God tells you, you have the capacity in your spirit to believe it. If God should tell you, you know, that you who, you work in a bank now, you will own banks very soon. 
for the natural man, you're going to be like, how can these things be? But there is something about the spirit that has an elastic capacity. I think I've talked about the elastic capacity of the spirit. That 7,000 demons can stay inside one human being. And such is the capacity of the spirit in the positive also. Our spirit is large. Can embrace any vision, no matter how large. But if you hear the voice of God and you are afraid, this is where it started. That's your flesh. No, Adam did not read a book on how to behave after the fall. It was instinctive. You hear the voice of God, you hide yourself. And why did he hide himself? The second thing, self-consciousness. Naturally, in your naturally supernatural state, when you hear the voice of God, you see what God is saying from the perspective of his own ability, not yours. But a man who is walking with his senses is self-conscious. I hid myself because I was afraid. That's what he said. I hid myself because I was afraid. And to this God says, who told you you, have, you, you you were naked? Sorry, I hid myself because I was naked. Is that what I said? I hid myself because I was naked. Self-consciousness. When God speaks to you, and instead of seeing his ability, you see your pulse. You see your experience. You see your exposure. You are walking with your flesh. Come on, are you listening to me? That's where it all started. I heard your voice, and I hid myself because I was naked. And even the all-knowing one, just through deductive reasoning, could trail and see something had happened. You're naked. You have eaten something you're not supposed to eat. By your speech, we can know what you're feeding on. Just by your speech. You see that vision God has given you, and you're talking about not having enough money, not having enough experience, you are feeding on the wrong things. Who told you you're naked? Who told you you can't do it? Who told you you're too young? Who told you it's too big? Who told you it's too expensive? You know, oh my God. Listen, we must have a truly biblical perspective to moderation. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some people, their definition of moderation is, ah, it's too expensive. How can you be doing it? That's a wrong perspective of moderation. That's not moderation. That's idolatry. <laughs> if you think that you shouldn't have or use anything because it's too expensive, you have idolized that thing. It's bigger than you. The true definition of moderation is, I am so much bigger than it, I no longer need it to validate myself so I can do without it. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, I mean, when you walk with a creative mindset like Jesus, where you can turn water to wine, stone stone to bread, even though he didn't, it wouldn't have been a temptation if he couldn't. Are you with me? Where you can turn, I mean, why then do you need to hoard money? You only hoard things that are scarce. This is the true perspective of moderation. 
You have conquered it in your spirit so you can do without it. It's not moderation because you don't want to drive a Rolls Royce. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's not moderation. It's broke. You can't afford it. You are just broke. You are not moderate. You are just broke. Are you aware that when some people see some people who own some things and react, they are reacting based on their own reality. I repented of it long ago. You know, there was someone. <laughs> when those high-end iPhones just started, I said, how can you buy a phone 400,000? You know, this, this. So I had a lunch with one young man. And he just said, oh, I made such and such money, you know. I've been making this money monthly for the, essentially, let me just say this. He could buy two of that phone every week. This was years ago, if he wanted to. And he said, I mean, I've given this much to church, given this much to charity, bought a car for my mom, for my wife, for myself. I just wanted to pamper myself. So I bought the phone. I said, ah. <laughs> I was using my reality that <laughs> you don't understand. But this is the true mindset of moderation. Are you ready to hear it? A human mind, anything a human mind produced can never be beyond you. Did you hear what I said? Anything a human mind produced. I, I wasn't planning to say this, but maybe the Lord is asking me to. Let me tell you something. I discovered that the mindset that believers ought to have to really dominate this world, it is unbelievers that have it. That one man will just wake up and say, I will buy Twitter. <laughs> it, it starts with a mindset. Are you getting what I'm saying? I don't like the way they are handling this app. I will buy it. It's a mindset. We have a false sense of humility, many of us, that will not even allow us. How can you, a human intelligence, produce the private jet and you have excused yourself psychologically from having one? God forbid. I reject it for you. Listen, if you get to that level and you choose not to use it, then that's good. But you must first conquer it. So you are not saying, I won't use it because ah, it's so expensive. Ah, so and so billion. No. No. Are you getting what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So that when they bring a jar of oil and break it at Jesus' feet, you will not shout. And say, ah, such wastage. You're shouting wastage for someone who turned wastewater to wine. You, 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 listen, you have different perspectives. That's the problem. <laughs> Come on, are you with me? I'm saying this to reset your mind because the things God wants you to do, you're going to have to have an elastic spirit. You have to, you're going to have to have an elastic spirit. When God wants you to dream, he says, look at the stars. He's expanding your mind. Religion can limit you. 
I said number one, fear. Number two, self-consciousness. Number three, this one is very common in this part of the world. Blame. It's the woman you gave me. It's the woman you gave me. Many of us have explanations for why we are where we are. Oh, this man that promised to help me, he didn't help me. If only he would help me. If only I grew up in this type of home. If only, you know, some of us maybe are even disappointed with our parents. If only, if only, if, do you know how dangerous that is? Let me tell you something. In case you don't already know, the title of my sermon is Creative Miracles, right? Just as the name suggests, it is creative, meaning it may not happen the way you want it to happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? What is most important is the result. If you are so fixated on how God will bless you financially, you will miss God. If you are so fixated on how God will heal you, you will miss God. By the time someone spits, rolls it on dust, and wants to touch you, I say, hey, come on. <laughs> what kind of thing is that? Are you getting what I'm saying? If you are too stereotypical, you will miss the spirit of God many times. And so, even if you are a believer, you hear that there is a pool of Bethesda and anyone who jumps in it when it is dead will be healed. You are right for believing. Good believer. But then, Jesus comes to you. God's own program for your own healing is not the pool, it is Christ. Are you getting what I'm saying? And Jesus comes to you and says, will you be well? This is what is happening to many of you. And you know how people respond? You respond, you say, I have no man. The person who will help you is standing right in front of you. You are so fixated on people who disappointed you. The uncle that told you, don't worry, when just finish school, when you're done, I will fix you up. I will take you abroad. I will do this. And now you are nursing resentment in your heart. Because you are entitled. Instead of trusting God, you are trusting men. Listen, that's why they disappoint you. God wants to remove all the supporting structures. Bring you to the end of yourself so that you can, for once in your life, focus on him. Thank God they didn't fulfill that promise. You would have idolized men. You would have become weak. Some of you have not learned to trust God. They promised you money they didn't give you. So what? Promised you a job they didn't give you. So what? Some trust in horses. Some in chariots. But I will remember. Listen, I can't speak for everybody. Some Go ahead. Walk your own way. But I will do what? Remember the name of the Lord. You know, we're big on honor in this church. It doesn't mean, listen, it doesn't mean God doesn't use people as channels. But you must never put people before God in your life. Never do that. And I'm telling you from experience, sometimes even in ministry, the support will not come from the people you want it to come from. Just for God to prove a point to you. The ones who will say, don't, don't worry. It's just... It has been my experience. Hey, my God, can I say this? The people who give the most are usually the most silent. 
the most silent. The ones who will say, Pastor, I'm about to send the seed now. <laughs> you know, we announce something in church. We are giving towards this, this is the account, everything. You will still call Pastor. Pastor, you, you call me. Can you please send that account number? You have it, oh. You just want me to know that I appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate you. I actually do. I'm just giving an observation. There are just some people, when we're doing end of month report or end of year, we say, eh? Who is this? There are some people, just for security reasons, we have to go and check which name is this. Can you give this kind of money and we don't know you? And that's what God wants to do in many of you. That it won't come from the places. Do you know how much secure you have to be in the power of God? That someone wants to give Abraham money, you say, Mm-mm. just so you don't say you made Abraham rich. You become so confident in the providential God that is not even all favors you accept. Some of you, you are, you, any opportunity, you jump. You are everywhere. You have changed career five times in one year. When will you settle and trust God? Hallelujah. Stop blaming anybody. No one owes you anything. Are you, are you, are you, are you listening to me? No one owes you anything. No one owes you anything. No one owes you anything. You know, some people, when they look at this ministry, you know, I, I've heard all kinds of things. Because it's an African thing for people to try to explain away your success. So, the first rumor I heard, ah, his father is very rich. I said, ah, I wish. Amen, in Jesus' name. I claim it for him. Make no mistake, we're doing okay. All right. But Celebration Church, <laughs> you want to fund Celebration Church? <laughs> Hallelujah. Never asked him for money once. Are you listening to me? Never. Never got money from him for anything. Because he didn't call me. Are you getting what I'm saying? He didn't call me. And it's people who don't understand Africa that will have that kind of thought. When a man uses all, almost all his money, sends you to a private school, you now finish and say, the Lord called me. <laughs> then you think he will just back you up fully. <laughs> Hallelujah. He loves this ministry. He prays for us. He's with us. Do you understand? I mean, throughout the time he was in Lagos, he, he was at, at the mainland church. But no. The Lord told me, he said, all the resources you need, I will bless the people. Are you getting what I'm saying? It doesn't, there's no billionaire anywhere bankrolling us. The partnership is from our people. Say loud amen. And, and that's your life. In fact, it has become a pattern. Anything that seems like an opportunity that I know someone will take credit for it, I just know. Not like I'm avoiding it, all, but I understand the grace of my life. It won't work. Because everything, God likes to orchestrate it in the way that he alone. And some of you, I'm explaining why some things you were banking on did not work. 
Go and sit with God. <laughs> Are you with me? Nudge someone by your side. The person may need it. Say, go and sit with God. Go and sit with God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What are creative miracles? Creative miracles happen when you bring the supernatural into the natural. If you may, you can add superimpose. When you superimpose, or simply when you bring the supernatural into the natural, so that extraordinary things can be accomplished. When you bring the supernatural into the natural, so that extraordinary things can be accomplished. And when you bring the supernatural into the natural, the ball game changes. The definition of scarcity changes. When you bring the supernatural into the natural, five loaves are enough. <laughs> if you say what you have is not enough, it depends on what lens you're using. The moment you introduce the supernatural, the game changes. And this is the God of the Bible. Listen, God likes to confound the wise with foolish things. So that insufficiency, so-called insufficiency around you, is actually a big opportunity for God to show forth his strength. I'm talking about the God of the Bible. Listen, 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 listen to me. You probably never thought about it this way. Just imagine that you were a Philistine, and you knew that there was war going on, but you have a juggernaut in Goliath. Uh, it showed me nothing. <laughs> There's no social media, so you've not heard what happened. But all of a sudden, you hear sound. The Philistines run back. The soldiers of the Philistines run back without Goliath. And you say, hey, 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 what happened? And they said, they killed Goliath. You say, ah. Wow, that means they have a bigger giant. Are you with me? You say, ah, that means they have a bigger giant. How come we didn't know? I thought we knew all the giants. He said, no, it's not a giant, though. He said, that means he must be a very good soldier. How come we never heard about him? He's not a soldier. So say, shepherd boy. Ah, wow, genius is these days. He must have been practicing sword since he was two. He didn't use a sword, though. Eh? How did Goliath die? With a stone. Hey! That's the God of the Bible. <laughs> Glory! Listen. What you think is little is an occasion for the strength of God to be manifest. He said, I will do a walk in your midst that will cause the ears of them that hear to what? See, what? What? They killed Goliath with a stone. A stone. A stone. With a sling they used to kill birds. To kill a giant. That's the God of the Bible. He likes to use foolish things to confound the wise. This was not the first time. The Philistines had always oppressed God's people. And God says, I will raise one man, a one-man army. Samson. One-man army. Are you aware? This, oh my God. It's one thing to raise a world-class army. It's another thing to put grace on one man to be fighting a whole army. When the Philistines come, they will just call Samson. One man. And he will just shake like this. 
Once he shakes his hair, that's where the hair adverse started. I'm joking, oh, calm down. <laughs> you will just do like this. Hey, Agbara. <laughs> and you just look around. Jawbone of an ass. I, come on, are you with me? Jawbone of an ass. You know, I repented months ago. You know the problem with many of us? It was easier to trust God when we were small. Because you didn't have any choice. But now you are big. And now you look strategy and management. And you, you. I remember when God sent us to Abuja and I didn't have a house to stay. I was, I, I was already on my way before I got house. Are you listening to me? The first few days, I spent it in a hotel. God was... <laughs> I say, once God tells me, go, I'm, I'm gone. No? And I'm, uh, so recently, we're, we're buying some things. And, you know, <laughs> I don't want to give you, I don't want to give you a mental picture. The, 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 forgive me, I don't really talk like this, but just to give you a mental picture. The money we used to buy this lactin is about the budget we used to start Abuja Church. There are two ways to look at it. You can say, oh, it's expensive. Mm-mm. I'm saying the money was small. And now we just went, obeyed God, you know, just started. <laughs> but it, you know, now you can be, some of you were like that when you were starting. You were so radical. You were so, but now you're so complacent. Now everything, you must dot all the I's, cross all the T's, have you checked with, you know, just like, <laughs> like a pastor wanted to learn about how we moved to Abuja Church, so he called me. He said, can I see your documents like the feasibility study, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I said, what? I said, don't do feasibility study for church. I said, we don't have who. <laughs> God said, go. Are you listening to me? You can get so big now, you are more concerned about reputation. And you've missed out on God. You bring the supernatural into the natural. And when God wants to do it his way, allow him. The Gideon army is already small. He still wants to reduce it. <laughs> he still, and he's looking for flimsy reasons. Ah, this one... He's quartered to drink water. Disqualify. Ah, ah! Flimsy reasons. Some of you, that's what happens. That friend that has always had your back will just suddenly say, I don't want really to like you again. And will just move away. Sometimes, it is the providence of God separating the people you've idolized so that your eyes will focus on God. Allow them. Let them go. Focus on your destiny. Focus on your assignment. Don't beg anybody to believe in you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Don't beg anybody. Don't. Ah. You know your pastor. I'm focused on my assignment. I don't. I'm not a busybody. I don't go up and down. Hallelujah. You don't, you don't need to be writing letter. You know. <laughs> I hope you don't misunderstand what I'm saying. 
I'm just saying focus on your call for God's sake. Allow God do it the supernatural way. Say amen. amen. Come on, I say say amen. amen. And that old saying that has almost become cliche is true. One with God is majority. Did you hear what I said? One with God is what? Say, say, say that. Say one with God is majority. Say one with God is majority. Uh-huh. Five loaves in God's hands is a lot. Is a lot. And so when you want to come to the school of creative miracles, you have to reprogram your mind so that you are no longer faced by lack. So that when you have 5,000 people sitting in front of you, you say, tell everybody to sit down. <laughs> you didn't wait for the miracle to happen first. Don't worry. Sit down. And then you're even teasing. You say, you tell one of the disciples, give them food. And that one says, ah, even if we have five years salary, it can't feed them. And you're just smiling. The Bible says Jesus himself knowing what to do. Listen, this is the school of creative miracles where you learn to be at rest in the face of lack. Some of you, you are petrified, always thinking about tomorrow. I don't even know how I will get a job. I don't even know. Now, quite all right, you worked hard. You were expecting a grade in school. You didn't get that grade, and now you think your career path is jeopardized. Let me tell you what they didn't tell you. People outside, five years after graduation, nobody cares what you graduated with you. We don't even remember. <laughs> That's where you will know that there's a different arrangement in real life. That is first class. <laughs> Better learn to hear God. <laughs> it's a great advantage. Make no mistake. The only thing first class proves to me is diligence that you have the ability to sit with, you know, something, give it your best, and come out in flying colors. For me, it doesn't prove intelligence, especially in this country. <laughs> For instance, are you getting... Listen, it doesn't always... Let me put that. Always. Come on, are you with me? All I'm saying is trust God, trust God, trust God. Learn to think like Jesus. And Jesus expects us to expect miracles. He expects us to do so. So after Jesus had fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish, and then another time, seven loaves and two fish, one day, he was speaking metaphorically. You know, Jesus used metaphors all the time. He was trying to warn the disciples about the doctrine of the Pharisees. But doctrine, metaphorically, is like food because you receive it, you consume it. So instead of saying, beware of the doctrine of the Pharisees, he says, beware of the bread of the Pharisees. And the disciples said, oh, because we didn't carry bread, the Pharisees will share bread. Maybe they've put something there or something. They must have been African. But he says, listen, do you know that simple misunderstanding annoyed Jesus? He said, is your heart hardened? Why would you think it will ever be an issue that we didn't carry bread? 
have you forgotten the five loaves and two fish? Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. When I saw this as an undergraduate, it changed my life. Listen, it is one thing for you to believe in the miraculous and something great happens at some point in your past. But God expects it to be a reference for every time you confront an impossible situation in the future. To say, ah, ah. Since when did it become a problem that we didn't carry bread? Have you forgotten? He called it hardness of hearts. Any miracle you have seen, either in your life or in the life of others, and you don't embrace the possibility when you face a similar challenge in the future, God calls it hardness of hearts. He expects you to expect the miraculous every time. Learn to expect it. And so as you begin to prepare yourself, you begin to train your mind. You start learning to think sufficiency. Some of you will always say, ah, I don't have anybody. I don't have any money. I don't have any. Uh-uh. <laughs> he that has more will be given. He that does not have, even that which he has will be taken. Listen, this is one of the first, oh my God, I don't know if I can teach this now. This was one of the first things God taught me when the church was starting. He says, never plan with scarcity. With the mindset of scarcity. There's a reason why we start churches the way we do. I'm talking about the template God gave me. God told me, if you say you don't have, that's why you will not have. He told me this early. He told me this early. And when I look at back at old pictures, I saw how we stretched. We always did the best that we could do at that time. Always. I'm telling you, listen, I'm telling you what God told me. He says, he that has, more will be given. Have you noticed people don't express generosity for sympathy? If you say, we don't have supporters, they won't give. Is, I'm not saying this is right, but when they see that with what you have, you are doing your best, you know, they are seeing some results, some progress. People like to be a part of what is working. It is counterproductive to always trying to be, to always be trying to be getting the people to be sympathetic with you. See, uh, we don't. Uh, uh, people don't. Let me tell you something. Even people who want to sponsor you. Always give them at least some progress. Say, this is the progress we've made. This is what we've done. Even if it is little, there must be progress. Are you listening to me? What I told you is a life-changing principle, Dale. So start thinking. Do you know what happens in the miraculous? Everybody you know who functions in the miraculous, they have a tad bit of what you might call overconfidence. <laughs> the way they talk. You just say, are you ready now? You know? <laughs> and you're like, ah. Because that's how it works. You go, you go to the gate called beautiful. You tell a man who has never walked before, say, look at me. I'm teaching you a mentality. Are you getting what I'm saying? This might not be for everybody. If you get it, you get it. How can you, you say, look at me. You know that weak religious mind saying, I don't have God. You know, you know, you will not have a, 
And this is the balance. Was he proud? No. When the miracle happened, the same person that said, look on us, now told the people, why look on us? Are you getting, are you getting what I'm saying? The same person that told the layman, look on us. The same person now told the people who were surprised. He said, why look on us as though by our power or holiness we have done? So when he says, look on us, what he's asking to look at is not his ability. So he said, I'm sufficient in Christ. Look at me. You have to talk like you have it. Such as I have. That's how to see the miraculous at work in your life. I, I, I have it. I have it. You have to start talking like it. Walking like it. You must first abolish the mentality of scarcity. And do you know, this is what is going to change many of you because you are always looking at your pockets. He said, although I don't have silver or gold, but I have something. You're, you're not with me. <laughs> you're not with me. I might not have all the money I need, but I've got something. Hey, I've got something. Such as I have, give I thee. This is how to start a ministry. Not looking for money to buy drum sets, drum keyboard. Go and study how the silver or gold we don't have. <laughs> but I have something. <laughs> That's capital. He recognized a different type of capital. School has affected your spirits. You only think of capital in terms of currency, in terms of money, in terms of naira. But he said, hey, look on us. I may not have money, but I have something. <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody who has something here. <laughs> you may not have all the money you need, but you have something. Uh, 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 I'm not sure. Is there anybody like that? Say, I've got something. I've got it. 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 I always thought it was about money. I was wrong. I've got it. Zatakabaya. Supernatural capital. Hey. Hey. My needs are met. My needs are met. I said my needs are met. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Thank you, Jesus. Sit. Let me try to finish this as fast as possible. Listen, you will never be the same again. Hallelujah. Not as though we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves. This is how to talk, but our sufficiency. You're always talking about lack. When you pray, lack. When you talk, lack. When you need advice, lack. How about you talk about your sufficiency? But my sufficiency is of God who has made me an able minister of the New Testament. I, I'm, I'm able. 2 Corinthians 3, 5. I've got ability. 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 Ha, ha, ha. Four simple areas you must expect creative miracles. Number one, speed. There is such a thing as supernatural speed. 
Thank God for chronological patterns, but then there is supernatural speed. There is supernatural advantage. A grace to outrun chariots is possible. Hey, hey, hey. Say in the name of Jesus, I walk in supernatural speed. Look at what Isaiah 66 verse 8 says quickly. Just take this down, Isaiah 66 verse 8. It says, who has heard such a thing? Who has seen such a thing? Shall the earth be made to give birth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? Zatakabaya. <laughs> For as soon as Zion traveled, she brought forth her children. Say with me, say supernatural speed. Number two, supernatural creativity. Supernatural, you see, there are manifestations of the spirit we must bring back. I'm saying it again, negative spirituality. They deploy this. You know, I heard sometime years ago, about 10 years ago, that some of these secular artists, when they release their CDs, they would just put it in a temple and conjure some false spirits on it. Conjure some false spirits. You better learn to know who you are. Supernatural creativity. What about... The God who gave Bezalel and Aholiab a supernatural grace for craftsmanship. You know, there are some things that I know that people admire me for that I actually cannot remember how I learned. It's almost as if everything that I need to excel at this assignment, God just brings it. I, I, I magnet it. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I wasn't, you know that I wasn't always a songwriter. God thought that it would be necessary and it just came. My God. By the way, I was jamming the Apostles album, you know, just for myself. Just personal consumption. Oh God. Sit down, sit down, sit down. Hallelujah. Say in the name of Jesus, I walk in supernatural creativity. And then there's supernatural wisdom. I'm happy you have a degree, but there's supernatural wisdom. <laughs> Something extraterrestrial. How do you interpret meneteke of asim? That's supernatural. <laughs> Come on, are you listening to me? Supernatural wisdom. Interpretation of dreams. Something that is tangible, that translates to economic predictions. Or oh, those days are past. And then number four, supernatural multiplication. Supernatural multiplication. Zutakabaya. Zatakabatokopro. Four and a half years ago, we were 230 global attendants. Now we are more than 6,000. How do you explain that? 6,000 in nine branches in 10 years. How do you explain that? Five loaves and two fish, it's okay. Just... <laughs> I thank you, Father. <laughs> 
I'm describing your life from, from henceforth. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, I say thank you, Jesus. As I round off very quickly, in the next 10 minutes maximum, how do you walk in creative miracles? What, what do you do? Zute Kepaya. Number one, are you ready for this? Number one is sleep. <laughs> you heard me right. Sleep. Oh, Votelii. Sleep so that your mind can allow your spirit to walk. Did you hear what I said? So when God said it is not good that man should be alone, I'll make a helpmate for him. What did he do? He put the man to sleep. Are you getting what I'm saying? This is a principle of creative miracles. Oh. He took a rib from the man and of the rib of the man made a woman. From the rib of the man. That's creativity. You see the creative power of God when you are at rest. When you refuse to be petrified, you refuse to be worried. Listen, when you start trying to calculate, you know, with physics and mathematics, how it will come to be, you frustrate yourself. But like Mary, just this is what sleep sounds like. Be it unto me what? According to your word. That's what sleep sounds like. Lord, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know where the money is going to come from. I believe your word. I, if you say by this time tomorrow, a morsel of bread will be sold for this. Uh, 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 I'm not going to join people to say it's not going to happen. Mm -mm. If I do that, I'm going to be on the negative side of prophecy. But I believe your word. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know. I don't care. I don't even need to know. I'm going to sleep and wake up with a miracle. Are you getting what I'm saying? What I'm going to see when I wake up never existed before. It is beyond my experience. Beyond anything I ever... I'm talking about creative miracles. I'm not talking about anything common. I'm not talking about seeing your friend doing a business and wanting to do it, copying, copying the processes. I'm not talking about all those silly things. I'm talking about trusting God to bring out something authentic from you. Something authentic. Something authentic. Sleep. And do you know why sleep is powerful? <laughs> Haven't you noticed a pattern in God? That everything he has already done is capital enough for everything he will do. <laughs> Did you hear what I said? If you catch this, it will explode you. Everything God has ever done, ever done, everything God has already done is capital enough for what he's going to do. If he has made man, he doesn't need to gather sand again. This is, this is a principle. Listen, listen, listen. When he made trees, he blessed them and gave them capacity to produce after their kind. And so this principle in agriculture is a principle in the spirit. That every tree has fruits. And every fruit has seed. And in those seed, 
You have the ability to have many other trees. It's a law. So when there is lack, <laughs> listen, the rib of man will produce a woman. Are you listening to me? It will produce. It will produce. This is why five loaves and two fish are, lo- are enough. This is why that widow of Zarephath's last meal is enough. I, it, what I'm telling you, if you believe it, it will change your life. One day, I was worrying about ministry expense, and the Lord said, said to me, he said, everything you need to do, do it. Try and finish it. He said, see if it will finish. <laughs> I don't know if, I don't, the media team will not really understand what I'm saying, but it was about three or four years ago, reboot camp. They had sent me lists. I was saying, ah, we don't have the money. I just told them. I said, approve everything. And we started buying. <laughs> the rest is history. Do you believe it or not? Yeah. This is the mentality of God. Oh, God, me, Moses, I'm going to stand before Pharaoh. What do I have? He said, what is in your hand? Hey. Are you getting what I'm saying? What is in your hand? It's always what is in your hand. The widow comes to the prophet. My husband died, leaving us with a lot of debt. What do we do? What is in your house? Oh, just a jar of oil. Go and borrow vessels. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's the principle of multiplication. I must now begin to see by the spirit that what I have is enough. I thought I was, it was, there was scarcity because I was thinking from my flesh, but what I have is enough. So I can trust him for supernatural multiplication. Amen, somebody. Amen. Come on, I said, Amen, someone. <laughs> and then the final thing is Thanksgiving, which is what we're about to do now. Thanksgiving. Just imagine you're surrounded with lack. 5,000 hungry people who might think if they don't eat now and you just leave five loaves and two fish. Just five loaves. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Many of you, you have legitimate reasons for complaining. But what is legitimate in the flesh is a big error in the spirit. You have been taught in the flesh to say how you feel. That's just how I feel. Why is this happening? You're always complaining. Ah, you are doing the opposite of what you ought to be doing. Just imagine still remaining thankful with five loaves. What is this amongst many? Mm-mm, you don't talk like that. Father, I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I may not be where I want to be. I'm not where I used to be. I give you thanks. I see your power at work in my life. I know where I'm going. Uh-huh. Though the beginning be small, the latter end shall greatly increase. Ah, I know that the path of the just is as a shining light that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. You give thanks. The Bible says, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief but was strong in faith. Doing what? Come on, I said doing what? Come on, I said doing what? Thanksgiving is a powerful principle of multiplication. 
Just learn to thank God. You're going to do that today. In the face of trials and difficulties, you will praise from your spirit. And I'm telling you, this is what is, and then this is the last thing. Oh my God. Some of you learn to thank, but you have not learned this last one. You have to take action. The problem many of you have is this. After you have given thanks and you have obeyed all the principles, you are waiting to see the bread continue to swell. You want to see the bread multiplying. You think it has to be dramatic for it to be supernatural. That the bread will be swelling. Mm -mm. The only way you knew there was a miracle was after. When there is, there are 12 baskets left behind. That's when you know there's a miracle. But initially, what do you do? You just ask everybody to sit down. Start sharing. Start sharing. Some of you, you have been waiting for the money to be complete before you start what God has asked you to do. You don't understand how creative miracles work. If God says start, start! God said go. You are waiting for him to give you the map. Start. Start. Take a step. Are you with me? If it says go to a place, I will show you go. No matter the grace that comes on you today, if you don't take action, you won't see creative miracles work. You have to take an action. Are you ready? What is number one? What is number two? By the way, that number one, I don't mean in this service. (laughs) What's number two? What's number three? What's number four? (laughs) Stand up, everybody. Just charge yourself for a few seconds. Speak in tongues. Speak in tongues. Sataka tongre aratongre ne manekopondele mapaya baleku sikinaya aratombre tapine monde repetogia azuzu zikinamaya rendonde la patalendo sepea rukutelemando kapata kutuze zatongre sapaliatea lundere mene kapataya ratongre rattling tongues right now. It's time for a new level. It's time for a new level. It's a new season for you. Speak in tongues, somebody. Abalaria Kapalo, Arazute Kapaya, Arendon Zapalian de Lendo Kapata, Enso, Edeke. For thus says the Lord, consider not the things of old. For behold, Sapaya, I do a new thing. Sapalendo remehaya, away in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, creative miracles, a belerato, supernatural capital, by the anointing of the Spirit. Zepenembotegi atakai, brunde rapatale mondo sapea. Azuteke Patalia, Runde Remendo Capale Tonge, Sepeto, Ebelendongra Sombre Takaba, Kesemenon de Rapakaya, Ko, Speak a tongue some more. Do it like it was just you and Jesus in this place. As you pray, let the Lord open your eyes to see. 
supernatural visions of the future. Supernatural visions of the future. Supernatural visions of the future. Abalatongre Sapatai. Gesepelendo Kapaya. Runderemene Kapaya. Zute. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809-996-7000. Blessings.